Well, good morning. I'm Pastor Kyle Thompson. Thank you all for being here, whether you're in person or watching online. We're so glad that you're joining us today as we're talking about what it means to be happy. And just to kind of give you a refresher of where we've been, just a couple of points that we've been talking about over the past few weeks, uh, we are looking at happiness uh, from a theological, biblical standpoint. What does God teach us about being happy? And also from a scientific standpoint. And it's been fun to see that theology and science often overlap in what it means to be happy. We've talked about it's important for us to be happy in our lives and with our lives. We want to feel good in our lives, but we also want to be happy with the direction our life is heading, that God has given us direction and that there's meaning in our life that we're working towards. And I've been challenging you each week to kind of keep a journal of your happiness level between a scale of zero to ten, zero being not happy at all and ten being completely happy. Once a day, writing down your number and seeing how it shifts from day to day. And if it went up, why did it go up? If it went down, why did it go down? And so we've been looking a lot into the Bible for our theology and our biblical principles. And from a scientific standpoint, we've been leaning a lot on Dr. Lori Santos uh, from Yale University, uh, who's kind of our guru for happiness from a scientific standpoint. She teaches a class there about happiness, has a podcast, and she's taught this class to almost 4 million people around the world uh, online through Yale University. And so glad you're here today because we're trying to figure out how to be happy coming out of what, two years? the pandemic we're still there omicron still hanging around and just a lot of stress so what does it look like to be happy in our lives uh, earlier in January, uh, I was outside one weekend working, doing some yard work because my son Luke's birthday was coming up and we we're having a bunch of kids over and one of the yard looked presentable and it was a little different climate. It was in those days that it was like 70. You remember that, right? It seemed like a long time ago and we're freezing to death here, like 20 degree weather today and up north they're really battling that. But I was outside working in the yard and my younger son Nathan, who's nine, and his buddies ride in on their bikes, they hop off their bikes and they run straight for the woods. I'm like, hey, what are you guys doing? And Nathan turns to me and says, we're having fun, Dad. And they were lighting in on their bikes, running to the woods, just having all this fun. And I was super happy for them. And then I went back to my yard work and I felt a little bit kind of like the Peter Pan story, right? Nathan was Peter Pan with the Lost Boys and they're having all the fun. And I was like, Wendy Darling, I'd gone back to London and I grew up. And I have a job and responsibilities and a mortgage and yard work and chores and they're having fun and I'm doing yard work. You know, you think about being happy. I think a key component of being happy is to have fun. Just like my son Nathan was having fun. And so today I want you maybe to think in the back of your mind, how much fun are you having in your life? How much fun are you having in your life on a day-to-day basis? What does fun look like for you? you, Is that a common occurrence? Or are you more like Wendy Darling who grew up, moved back to London, and the whole adult world of responsibility took over, and you just don't seem like you have as much fun anymore? What role does fun play in your life? We think about this from a biblical and a theological standpoint. Does God want us to have fun? Is God fun. What, what, what does God teach us about having fun? Because a lot of people in the world look at followers of Jesus and religion and God and think there's not a lot of fun there. There are lots of rules and regulations, stuff that you can't do. 
Right? Even in the, in the laws of Moses, the 613 commands, there are 365 of them that say don't do something. So there's a rule in the Bible every day of the year not to do something. Now from the outside, that seems not like a lot of fun. Now those of us who follow Jesus know those rules were set up to help and protect us. But sometimes followers of Jesus and God don't have a very good reputation for having fun. Is it okay to have fun? Does God want us to, to have fun in life? Well, I want to go back into the Old Testament to a verse that we started out this series on, and it's from the book of Ecclesiastes, and it's known as wisdom literature, and this is what it says, chapter 3, verses 1 and 4, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. There are times in our life when we need to be serious. There are times in our life when we, when we are going to be sad. There's times in our lives when we're going to be angry. But there's times in our life when we are going to have fun. And we're going to laugh and we're going to dance. And I think God loves fun. I think God loves happiness and wants us to enjoy the creation that God gave us. And I, I think about Jesus. You know, you read about Jesus in the Gospels, nowhere does it say that Jesus laughed. It said that Jesus wept and Jesus did all kinds of things. And I wish there was like a verse that said, Jesus laughed, like a big belly laugh. But I think Jesus was a person and a God who enjoyed fun, right? If you have thousands of people that are following you and wanting to be around you, I think you have to have some fun in your life, right? These people that were following Jesus, I know they wanted to be healed and they wanted to learn, but they wouldn't have stuck around with Jesus if he wasn't a fun guy. I just don't think so, right? Who do you know that has lots of followers that just doesn't have fun? I think Jesus was a fun-loving guy. There's a, uh, a movie, the, the Passion of Christ. And in that movie, there's a scene with Jesus when he was a boy growing up with his mother Mary. And they're joking around. It's not biblical, but I think it's realistic, right? It's just Jesus having a good time. You know, Jesus uh, came to give us life to the full. The Bible says that Jesus was full of joy. And I think part of being full of joy was that Jesus enjoyed fun. He gave his disciples nicknames. He called James and John the sons of thunder because their personalities were kind of thunderous. He nicknamed Peter Rocky, right? Because he had a rocky personality. He was going to be the rock that Jesus built his church on and you know, I just think of Sylvester Stallone in that boxing movie, Yo, Adrian, right? Rocky, right? Jesus had some fun. He turned water into wine at a wedding. Jesus was at a party, right? Jesus had fun. He, he, he told us things that made you, made, if you think about it, was serious, but also was funny. Remember what he said to the person that was judgmental? He says, you know, you're, you're talking about someone that has a speck in their eye, but you have a log in your own eye, right? Look at this, like, if you put that on paper, that's funny, right? You're walking around with a big log in your eye. So I think Jesus, I think God are big fans of fun. I think followers of Jesus like to have fun. Uh, one of our members who's here today, George, sent me a meme at the beginning of this series I want to share with you. Uh, it says, a genie granted me one wish, and so I said, I just want to be happy. Now I'm living in a cottage with six dwarves and working in a mine. <laughs> right? The dwarf happy, right? Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. That's funny, right? So today I've been working on some good, clean jokes to share with you to show that even pastors can have fun. You ready for this? Where do they make happiness? In the satisfactory. 
Wait, I gotta laugh, Chris. How about that? My tennis opponent this week was not very happy with me. You know why? He kept returning my serve. I kept giving it to him. He kept giving it back to me, right? All right. Why was the horse happy? Because he lived in a stable environment. (laughs) All right. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. All right. So Chris invited you guys to tell a joke. Uh, Just like, you know, a couple people come up. Does anybody have a good joke you could tell in church? Come on up and tell me. Come on up. There's some prizes. Chris has got a microphone. All right, we got three people. Let's give them a hand. Mike Ollard, I am surprised Mike Ollard is coming up here. Mike, this is church now. I've got prizes for you guys. Chris, all right. Jim, you got to go first. Tell us a joke. Okay, hold up. Hold up, Mike. Got it. got it. Got it. Man went down to the lake one day to do some fishing through the ice. He had all his tools. He went down, he dug the hole in the ice, had his gear there, put his worms on his forks, put it down in the water, waited and waited and waited. Nothing happened. Looked over about 20 feet or so where Another guy was out there doing the same thing, pulling one fish after another. I mean, he he had a stack of them. The guy was discouraged, so he wandered over and he said, well, I'm sorry, I'm not having any any luck with this, but you sure are as heck are. What's the secret? And the man says, Uh, excuse me sir but I I didn't understand that could you make that a little more clearly he said well I'm sorry uh, try that again you know please put it out in in plain language and the man says you have to keep your bait warm (laughs) (laughs) stay up here stay up here Jim stay up here Oh, that's good. That's good. All right. I've got two jokes. One one religious, one uh, football. Um, Who was the best musician in the Bible? Samson, because he brought the house down. (laughs) All right. Uh, Football. Um, Josh Allen... Uh, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady walk into a bar to watch the Super Bowl. I'll be here all week. Try the veal. Don't forget to tip your waitress. Just stay up here. Okay. Chris has one. I'm, t- I'm taking the mic away after that one. That hurts my bills right there. <laughs> At least all you right. made the playoffs. So I got a good one here. Right. Um, why did the mustard lose the race because he just couldn't catch up all right and, you know, <laughs> he really would have just relished the chance to get first place <laughs> but you know when all the chips were down you can say is he didn't give up you know and honestly i think that's the best condiment you can really give someone <laughs> give him a hand y'all <laughs> Hey, Jim. Chris, don't Thanks, give up buddy. your day job. Chris, <laughs> good job. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Thanks you guys.
All right, we're having fun in the house of God today, aren't we? Yes, yes we are. All right, thanks guys for coming over and doing that. I want to introduce you to a lady named Catherine Price. Uh, She has written a book called The Power of Fun because she discovered one time in her life recently that she wasn't having any fun. She and her husband uh, had challenged themselves to go um, screen-free. They took a whole day off from phones and computers and anything with the screen, television, uh, and she found herself with some time. She's a very busy lady. She's a journalist, uh, and she sat down with some time uh, with no screens, and she said she, she's busy, finally glad to have some time, and she didn't know what to do with it. Without a screen in her hand or on computer or TV, she didn't know what to do with her life. Didn't know what to do with it. And it really bothered her. It really kind of shook her to the core. And so she started thinking about well, what's going on in my life, right? And this is a quote by a man named Viktor Frankl uh, that she was experiencing. It's called the Sunday neurosis. It doesn't have to necessarily be on Sunday, but it's the kind of depression which affects people who become aware of the lack of content in their lives when the rush of the busy week is over and the void within themselves becomes manifest. Right? When we finally stop and slow down in our lives and we figure out, there's not real, a lot of content in my life, right? And this just depression sets in, right? doesn't have to be on a Sunday, but whenever you sit still, you just, you, you, you catch up, you're like, wow, my life's kind of empty. And that's how she felt. She's like, what am I going to do about this? And so she began to ask herself the question, what are the things that I say I've always wanted to do, but I never had time to do that? And, and one of them was to learn to how to play the guitar. She always wanted to do that, never took time to do that. So she finally said, I'm going to take the time to do this. And she said, it was a life-changing experience for me. Not just because I got a chance to learn something, a new skill, or, you know, and make beautiful music, and, but to know a new group of people. And she said, it was actually fun. I had a fun time, and it brought happiness into my life. And so it, it, it kind of sparked something in her life to, to start researching fun and to write a book about that. And we're going to talk a little bit about what she learned in that today. Um, but have you ever felt like Viktor Frankl? Right, just this, this discontent, this depression, right? What, how can we look for something fun in our life? And she said, when we have fun, it actually does good things for us, right? The fun of learning to play the guitar made her happy, right? So fun was tied to happiness. She also said, it helped me become more productive at work. Because in my work, I worked hard, and, but I would get stressed and I would get burned out. And she says, when I take time off to play the guitar or get away and do something fun... Right? I come back to my work more refreshed. I come back to my work with more ideas. I come back rested. I'm not staying stressed out all the time. So I be- I've become more productive at work by taking breaks from my work. Does that make sense? She also says it helped me become healthier. Because when we have fun, it decreases uh, cortisol in our bodies. And cortisol is what cranks up when we have stress and it it does bad things to our bodies and so when we're having fun our cortisol level lowers and it's more healthy for us and she said it also helped me uh, having fun to really have a sense of meaning in my life because she's like I don't want to go to my deathbed and look back on my life and say you know what I've never really lived my life right and so there are all these benefits about having fun in our lives And so she really wrestled with the definition, well, what is fun, 
Like, what is, what is the definition of fun? Because probably for you, it might be one thing. For me, it might be one thing. Like, some of us, fun is playing with a puppy. And some of us, fun is squishing our toes in mud. And some of us, fun is playing a piano or ringing bells. It's just a lot of fun. And for some of us, it's tying a bungee cord to our, our waist and jumping off a bridge, right? So what is fun? How do we define fun? And so she came up with what she thinks the definition of fun is. And it includes three things. And when these three things come together is when we have true fun. And so the first characteristic that she says to have fun is a sense of playfulness, right? The feeling of being outside the normal responsibilities of life, right? Being outside the normal responsibilities of life. We step out of work. We step out of chores. We step out of the things that cause us stress in life, and we play, Right? And so we, we, we step out of those busy times of our lives and we do something fun. Like my son Nathan, he wasn't at school, he wasn't doing chores, he was running through the yard with his friends to go play in the woods. Right? We step out of the everyday responsibilities of life. Dr. Lori Santos from Yale says this has a physical benefit to our bodies and our brains when we are playful. says that the studies of people who are playful... Right. In their lives, it helps them to reduce chronic conditions such as dementia and heart disease because we're playful. Also, when we're playful, it, it helps produce this protein that helps our brains develop. And that's why it's so important for children and young animals to play when they're young because it helps their brains develop. So being playful, taking a step outside of our, our everyday responsibilities is an important part of having fun. Right? It's also scriptural. Remember when God created the universe and God created the world? You know what God did at the end of that? Let's look at that in the book of Genesis. On the seventh day, God had finished the work that he'd been doing. And on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. Right? The Sabbath. Right? Sunday is supposed to be different. Right? We're, supposed to, we're supposed to rest. We're supposed to spend time with God. We're supposed to spend time with family. And what's underlying that? We're taking a step out of our weekly responsibilities. Not working, not doing chores, right? Because God knows and God created us to have a sense of playfulness in our lives. How much playfulness is in your lives, brothers and sisters? Right? Second component of fun is connectedness, which is the feeling of social togetherness, sharing experiences with those around us. Now, we can have fun by ourselves, but it's really true fun when we share it with somebody else. Right? When I ride a roller coaster, it's fun, but when I'm riding a roller coaster with my sons, screaming our heads off, it's a shared experience. It's a connection, right? It's, it's better when we do it together than we do it by ourselves. And again, you can have fun by yourself, but it's more fun when we're connected together. That's even true for introverted people who like to be by themselves. I am a king of introversion. Right? And I love having fun. Yesterday I went with my boys and we went and played some pickup basketball at a park and we played together. Right? We shared that experience together and it was fun. Right? The, the ringers up here are playing together. You guys are having fun. You have a shared connection together. Right? The guys up here telling jokes together. It was fun because there was more than one of us. Right? It's important to have connections. It's also biblical. All right, let's go back to that book of Ecclesiastes, this wisdom book in the Old Testament, where it says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Right? If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. How can one keep warm alone? Right? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. 
And a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So two people are better than one. The third cord in that rope is God. Right? You add God into the equation and it's great. God created us to be in relationships with each other. Friendships and relationships and romantic relationships. Right? It's more fun when we share it together. Church family coming together. Right? So the third and final connection of fun is called flow. This is the state of true immersion when we're engaged in an activity. The feeling we get when present and passionately involved in something when time flies by. Playing basketball yesterday with the boys, right? We get done. We go out to the car. How long have we been here? Two, three hours, right? There's no way. We spent two or three hours out here, right? When you're so engaged in something, right, and you're focused on that, all the cares of work and the world, they melt away, and you look up the clock, like, whoa, how has it passed so much time, right? It's, It's fun, right? Also, Biblical, right? Let's check this out in Second Peter. The people in the first century are stressed out because Jesus has not come back in the flesh. He's died. He's, he's been resurrected. He's gone into heaven. He says he's coming back soon. Soon is a relative turn. Jesus is not coming back. And so Peter is counseling them. And this is what he's saying. Don't forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day, right? For God, soon is a, a different term than us. If you're eternal, right, a thousand days is going to seem like a year, right? But I want to challenge you to think about this verse in a different way. And this is maybe just my interpretation, right? But just, just hang with me, right? Maybe God, right, is waiting to send Jesus back. Well, one, he wants everybody in the world to be saved, right, to find Jesus. But I wonder with God sometimes when he's immersed and watching us and and what we're doing, that he loves us so much that time flies by, right? Like an angel's tapping God on the shoulder up in heaven. Hey, when are you going to send Jesus back? He's like, huh, what? Oh, sorry. How long has it been? Oh, about 2,000 years. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just about having so much fun watching humanity live life to the full. I wonder if God gets immersed in what we're doing because he loves us. And he sees us living a life that is full in Jesus. And, and that causes God joy. And that causes God fun. Again, my son Nathan, right, the, the three things, right, playful, right, taking time out of, of responsibilities, everyday responsibilities with his friends, right, they're connected, they're doing it together, and they're in this flow, they're out in the woods, they have no concept of time. When was the last time that you did something that included all three of these things, right? Catherine Price, the one who wrote this, says that all of us probably need what's called a fun intervention. <laughs> Like an intervention of fun, like to put fun into our lives. Now, I want to make a, a, a comment about the last part, the flow, like where time, you know, it just flies by. You're so focused on what you're doing. She says, there's true flow and there's false flow. And she says, true flow, you can think of it as being engaged, engaged in what you're doing. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm engaged in the basketball game. I'm engaged in playing my music, right? I'm so into this that everything else is flying by, right? She says, false flow is is to be hypnotized right and she says a false flow happens when we're on our phones right and we're on the screen and we're flipping through social media and we're there for three or four hours and we look up it's like three or four hours has happened but i feel worse than i did when i started right and she says our phones become these distractions right all these notifications like you got to check this email you got to check that text you got to check the time right she says that distractions are kryptonite to fun. Y'all know what kryptonite is? It's the stuff that kills Superman. Right? Distractions 
our kryptonite to fun. And she's like, if you're having true fun, you don't need your phone. That's something for all of us to think about. You're having true fun, you don't need your phone with you. One other book, this is by a guy named Ross Gay who wrote this book called The Book of Delights. And he had gone to see a friend. He flew to see this friend. And when he was seeing his friend, his friend gave him a gift when he was going home. And it was a little tomato seedling. You know, probably in a little black plastic thing with some soil in it, a little tomato plant. And he had to take it back on the plane. He tried putting it in his carry-on, but it was going to squish the thing. So he ended up carrying this tomato seedling through a busy airport in America. And he said that people started, like, holl- you know, hollering out to him, nice tomato! Hey, man, that's a cool tomato! And he said he had more attention than as if he was carrying a baby through the airport. He said he, he got onto the plane, and the flight attendant was also doing the same thing. She got an entire spare seat for him to put the tomato seedling next to him. <laughs> and she'd walk by, and she'd say, hey, how's my tomatoes doing? How's my, the whole flight? And so it said it just, it brought him a sense of delight. This is everyday thing. It brought him a lot of delight. And so it inspired him to, to write a book. And he said, for a whole year, I'm going to find one thing that brings me delight. And I'm going to write a short essay about it. And so that's what he did. He went through every day. He'd find something that brought him delight. He'd handwrite 30 minutes or less, a little essay about it. And he wrote this book. And every time he'd find something that was a delight, he'd stop in the day. He'd hold his finger up and say, Delight! And that's what he would write about. Delight! Right, so he, he, he studied praying mantises. Delight! He saw fireflies at night. Delight! Right, he saw purple flowers. Delight! He heard somebody laughing a snort laugh. You know, delight! He saw somebody give a stranger a high five. Just something weird. Delight! And he wrote a whole book about it. And in that book, you know, he, he lives out these three things, Right? playfulness, right, stepping out of our everyday responsibility, connection, connecting with other people, and flow, right, being lost in the moment. And he said, it was amazing. And he said, one of his essays was even about when one of his friends died, which is not a delightful thing. But he said, in looking for delight and finding delight, even in the worst of circumstances, it helped me to become resilient. And I could find something good even in bad remember does that sound familiar you talked about that in this in this series romans eight twenty eight. god says in all things i work together for good for those who love me even in difficult circumstances he says a lot of the things that he was delighted about were were gratitude related things that he could just stop and say i'm thankful for this right? you think about scripture it's always telling us to give thanks for this give thanks for that we give thanks for the things that bring us fun in our lives delight One more from the book of Psalms. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. The greatest thing that we can find fun in, the greatest thing that we can find delight in, is God. When we have a personal, loving relationship with God, we will see the world in a different way, and we will see the goodness of God in the world, and we can see things every day that make us say, delight and fun, and that's why we're here, to help you grow in a personal relationship with Jesus. And we want you to keep worshiping. We want you to be part of our, our small group ministries. We want you to be a part of our serving, right? There's so much delight in the world because God is a God of fun. And God is a God of delight. And God is a God of comfort. So what? What's the point today? What's the big takeaway from the Bible and God and science? I'm going to use a Dr. Seuss quote on a day of fun. Check this out. It's fun to have fun, but you have to know how. 
It's fun to have fun, but you have to know how. There's three components to fun. So action step for you this week, I want to invite you to do one fun intervention in your life this week. Do one fun intervention in your life this week, and it has three components, right? Remember these three components. Write them down. Right? Let's put them up there for them. Playfulness, connection, and flow. One fun intervention. Take a picture, right? Playfulness, connection, and flow. One thing this week, playfulness, connection, and flow, right? And one other action step you might consider doing, just this week, keep a journal of delights, one a day, right? Delight! Something that brings you delight. Use your finger and say, delight! Scribble it down for 30 seconds, keep it in a journal, and give God thanks. Give God gratitude. God, thank you for this delightful thing that you've brought into my life. One final picture I want to show you. This is on a church, an Episcopal church up in West Jefferson, North Carolina. And this is a painting uh, called The Laughing Christ by a guy named Bo Bartlett who, who painted this. Uh, I love that. I think Jesus laughed a lot. I think Jesus has a good sense of humor. I think Jesus had a lot of fun. I think Jesus was, was joy-filled. And I think that he looks on us and he sees the stress in our life. He sees the anxiety. He sees all that we go through and it breaks his heart. And he just is, is yearning to laugh. And he's yearning for us to find fun. He's yearning for us to find delight. And as you do fun interventions this week, as you keep a, a journal of delights, I think it would bring Jesus more joy than anything than if he could look at you in your life and your prayer time and, and Jesus would say to you, what have you been up to? And you could say back to Jesus, I've been having fun. And Jesus would look at you and say, delight. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.